Happy Halloween! It's a spooky day. Please enjoy the reluctant book marketer. So there's a handful of you out there who are huge baseball fans like myself. Uh, I've probably mentioned the Chicago Cubs a time or two, but 2016 was the culmination of a massive dream that I'd had since I was a young child. I grew up on Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson, Mark Grace, Rick Sutcliffe. Oh, those guys were my heroes. And uh, just in case anybody from the whole Cubs media world happens to be tuning in for some reason here, they're not good broadcasters, unfortunately. Heroes on the field, zeros in the booth. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, you're probably wondering what all this has to do with being a novelist. And I'll tell you, it has more than you realize to do with being a novelist, because we're going to be talking about what a segment of the population calls the home run feeling. If you're not a baseball fan, I'll try to fill you in on the details. The home run feeling is when you're watching a baseball game, and I guarantee you every fan who's watched more than a handful of games has had it uh, at least once in their life. I don't know what the threshold is, but there's a threshold. You have to have watched a certain number of games in order to have had it because you don't always feel a home run coming on, but, but you do get the feeling sometimes. And if you've had it, you know, you know, you know. It's this insanely weird thing because you know you know, but sometimes you think you know, and it turns out you didn't know. And so then you kind of doubt that you know you know, and so you don't say anything when you know you know. And so you can't claim that you knew you knew. <laughs> You're watching a baseball game with your, your beloved Ashley, in my case, or maybe it's your friend Tim. You're watching the baseball game, the batter steps up, and you know they're going to hit a home run. It's this tingling feeling. It doesn't actually tingle. Um, but you just know you know. Oh, man. Ugh. I'm going to say that probably 50 times in this episode. And there's a real distinct reason for it because it is a piece of mindset that can't be harnessed, that can't be taught, but that can be used powerfully to take your writing game from here, way down low, to here, way up in the clouds. If you act on the home run feeling, it can change the course of your life. It is the most important, impossible to cultivate tool in your mindset tool chest. So you just have to work on the part of it that you're able to work on so that when it occurs, you are prepared to behave appropriately. Last time we talked about fear and how fear can stop us from doing really important things. That's going to be a big piece of this. So if you haven't listened to my episode on being friends with fear, on confronting fear and, and living with it as, as a friend, uh, fear, the friendly foe, I think is what I called it. Uh, you want to listen to that before diving deep into the home run feeling, because the worst possible outcome I can imagine is having a home run feeling and being too scared to do anything about it. I want to tell you a couple of stories about myself. I'll try to keep them brief, but they should serve to uh, illustrate the purpose. And they will also promote my forthcoming book, The Seven-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists, because I tell this story in some more detail there. It's such an important thing. I'll include it from time to time going forward as long as I live. 
Um, when I was a young man, I got myself into a lot of trouble in different ways. Uh, I had I had issues, and because of that, I ended up in a special school for bad people. They tried to straighten me out, and had moderate success, I suppose. You could argue that I am who I am now because of some principles that I learned then that just took a little while for me to act on. Um, but one thing that did happen is that I realized I wanted to give back to that community because I understood what it felt like to be vulnerable, to be a troubled kid in a program for troubled kids. And so uh, I had this idea. I heard about this company called Second Nature. I don't know if you're still out there, Second Nature, but I want to thank you for all the awesomeness that you have created for so many kids, uh, boys and girls, young men and young women. Um, but so I had this desire to, to go out to work at second nature. And I was a bit older, I think five or six years out of boarding school somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and I was stable, you know, not uh, probably like the most productive or healthy person, but stable enough. And I was 100% convinced that I would get a job, not that I wanted a job, but that I would get a job. And they had a couple of locations. They had one in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia. They had one in the Uinta Mountains of Utah, and they had one in the Cascade Mountains of Oregon. And another of my dreams was always to live in Portland, Oregon. I had visited the city a few times when I was a teenager, really loved it, loved the vibe, loved how it felt, wanted to live close to Portland so that I could take a jaunt from the Cascades down to Portland and just soak in the city. It's very arty. I consider myself to be sort of arty, whatever. So I apply for this job and my grandmother, amazing woman that she is, she says, Jody, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, listen, what I'm not saying here is that I would had the home run feeling about this job is I know I'm going to get it. I've never had any experience working with troubled kids before. I was a troubled kid. I have no idea if I'm even eligible to be hired based on my history, but 100% after leaving another job, <coughs> I got fired from, <laughs> I was running a coffee shop at Emanuel Hospital. Shout out Emanuel. Uh, healing grounds. Anyways, I'd gotten fired from that job for being a jerk. So I'm not even really far away from being a jerk, but I wanted to help troubled kids. Don't question the thought process. You got to listen to the principles here, people. Okay. I knew for sure I was going to get a job at second nature. It was this calling. And so it's the only application I put in. You might be saying that I was lazy and I wanted to play Nintendo games all day, but no, no, I was actually working on writing a book while I was waiting to hear back from those people. Thanks, Aunt Judy, for being an early reader of that book, which I think got to about 40 pages before I quit. Thank you for actually reading that trash. Wow, it was bad. We all start somewhere, folks. So here I am waiting, and my grandma says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't do it. You got to apply for more jobs. And I said, listen, Grams, <laughs> listen up, lady. <laughs> I'm going to get this job, all the eggs in one basket. I didn't have a car that could make the drive out there. I didn't have the, the the backpack that I would need. I didn't have the outdoor gear. I didn't have any kind of like waterproof. So I had nothing. Apply for this job. I'm going to have to spend a bunch of money I don't have if I get the job to buy the equipment. I need to work the job. Lo and behold, I get a call and they invite me out to work at that company. You're going to have to read the rest in my book, Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists, which by the way, you can pre-order right now. And if you do, I will give you one month early a copy of the audiobook absolutely free. 
All right. So it publishes on January 2nd of 2023. And if you pick up a copy right now, pre-order on Amazon ebook, pre-order that bad boy, I will send to you your email inbox, a copy of the audiobook. All you got to do is email me proof of purchase. Let me know you bought it. Okay. I can track pre-sales by the way. I know who's buying. Not, not by name. They're not friendly enough to actually let you know who buys, but I can see how many copies are moving. So I need proof of purchase. Let me know you got it. I will email you a copy of the ebook. It's going to be juicy. There might be even some added details in the audiobook. I might riff a little bit. I will be riffing. So if you like that idea of having kind of like bonus content in your book, you want the audiobook. And if you don't get it this way, it's the most expensive version of the book to buy. So Take advantage of the $7.99 ebook to get a free audiobook. Pre-order it now. Let's go, folks. Get it done. And uh, while I'm talking about the book really quickly, I also will have a link in the show notes so that you can buy the physical copy of the book. What we're doing is a little bit like Tom's of whatever, the shoes, you know, buy a pair, give away a pair. If you buy a physical edition of the book, send me proof of purchase. Let me know you pre-ordered it and let me know who you want me to send a free copy of the ebook to, I will be doing that as well. So this is a great way to spread the love. Give somebody a copy of the ebook and they can read it for free and you can have a copy of my book. So you got to pre-order it to get it. Let me know if you have any questions. It's pretty straightforward. Books, get them. All right, where were we? The mountains. We were in the mountains, okay, of Oregon getting that job that I had the home run feeling on. And that really crystallized for me that putting all your eggs in a basket is a great idea. The next time it happened to me, uh, I had been kind of studying on the side, this whole idea that uh, real estate was a great thing to do. Okay. I talked to my wife about it a few times, but then I just, I just had this idea. I was like, you know what we need to be doing? We need to get into rental real estate. I had the home run feeling about it. I knew for sure. I can do this. I can make a lot of money. I can maybe create patrons of the arts. It's another story I'm going to share in the book that if you read it, you can learn more about. But basically, I knew. Okay. And from the span of, of basically 24 months when I started buying rental real estate until I launched into the whole podcast thing, I accumulated six rental properties. That's not shabby. I took like, like a negative net worth and turned it into a pretty substantial net worth that I'm not afraid to tell you. I became very short period of time, an actual millionaire. Like I, I had not a million dollars of, of equity, real money, not on like debt. It was multi-million dollars worth of debt in my six properties. And I feel really happy to tell you that because anybody can do it. It's a really low barrier to entry. If you're interested in knowing, I can point you in the right directions. I can talk to you about it. Now, if you actually are sitting on money, it's a beautiful time to buy real estate because it's actually trending back down and interest rates are higher. So if you can figure out a way to spin that wheel, dang you can do well. Anyways, we're talking novels here. We're novelists. We're taking risks. We're not letting fear beat us. And we're listening to the home run feeling. If you have the home run feeling, whatever it is, however weird it seems, however strange it might be, you need to go out right now and do that thing. Okay. It's also in poker uh, I think, I don't know, th th there's probably a name for it, but maybe you play poker and you've had a feeling before that even though you're looking at two really bad cards, like uh, the, the Doyle Brunson, I think is the name of a hand. It's a two and a 10 off suit. Those two cards, other than pulling a full house are like the worst possible card. Well, I mean, and that's the only way you're going to win a, a hand in some cases with a Doyle Brunson. I don't know who that guy is, but I'm sorry, Doyle. 
you had the worst hand named after you. It's probably because you won it, though. So uh, maybe that's a good thing. I'm getting distracted here, folks. Okay, if you have the feeling that your two and ten are going to win, you stay in the hand. You just keep betting to the end. You call, you raise, you do whatever it is. You listen to that feeling. <sighs> this is the hardest part, though. When you're desperate, sometimes you think, you feel the feeling that you don't really feel. Ninth inning of a baseball game, your team is down by three, and David Bodie's up to bat. You think you feel it, but you're not sure you feel it. Maybe you feel it. Okay, this is the truth, too. This is another situation. Watching this game against the Washington Nationals, the Cubs are down by three runs. David Bodie's up. He's down two strikes. Last pitch of the game, potentially. Base is loaded. Did I say that already? Okay, throw the pitch. And I remember the announcer says, Santa Maria! And David Bodie flew his arms around the bases. He hit a grand slam dead center into the batter's eye. Beautiful moment. I can't claim to have had the home run feeling, though. I was hoping. I was desperate with hope. I was so deeply desperate for that win that there was no way I could have felt the home run feeling. See, the home run feeling seems to come when you are in the zone. And uh, there is a podcaster that I've been listening to recently, uh, and I'm going to get her last name wrong. It's Tara Swart Bieber, I think is, is her name, Tara Swart Bieber. But she talks about visualizing success. And there's some really almost eerie things. If she wasn't so well-educated, then I just might say it's Looney Tunes crazy. But she's uh, working as a PhD at a university doing some amazing research in the power of visualizing our success. So it's almost as if things that were written in the secret, that, that book that we all thought was crazy, maybe they have a place in reality. Maybe it's like you actually can attract success to yourself. Um, but the only way to do it is to not be desperate. And so you have to be in this place where you're confident, where you are friends with fear and not running from it and not, not trying to like fight uh, against it. I think we determined that fighting it is okay to be a friendly foe of fear is good um, or, or a foe of friendly fear. Anyways, Dr. Swart Bieber talks about um, this, this notion of attracting success to yourself, of having a feeling of visualizing. And I really think that there are moments in life where if you are calm and you are centered and you are not subject of fear and you're not subject of desperation, horrible, horrible desperation, if you aren't there, then you're going to feel that feeling and you're going to know this is a really, really important moment. And I need to do whatever this crazy harebrained idea is. Um, I'll be telling you more really soon, but I just want to let you know, I recently had this experience. It's a, uh, it's the same one that, that launched me into the podcast, which has been absolutely the best decision of my professional life so far to launch this podcast, to, to leave the professional world and to, to jump out here and do this. It's the result of the last home run feeling I had, which was to buy real estate. Couldn't have been doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't acted on that. So in my life, even though I'm a major F up, a screw up, a bad you know choices kind of person who's made some huge mistakes, I'm fortunate and that I've always been really confident 
that uh, I can I can achieve my dreams. And that allows me to be pretty centered. When something comes along, I can feel that home run feeling a lot of times. And I know that you have it. And I know that it's real for you. And I want you to feel it. And I want you to embrace it. And I want you to act on it. And the first time that you do act on it and you see the power, how it takes you from a real small place to a real big place, from a negative net worth to a millionaire, and you see that happen within 24 months, all of a sudden, everything changes for you, okay? Everything changes for you, but you have to be willing to step into it, to hear it, and to know the difference between desperation and the feeling, the certainty. There is a difference and you can distinguish it. You really can, but you have to ask, is there any desperation in this moment? If there's desperation in this moment, don't trust the feeling. Is there any existing fear in this moment? If there is, you might have the feeling. Stepping forward is gonna be so difficult, you might miss your window. So really fight against desperation. Don't let desperation take hold of the moment. It will ruin everything. That would be beyond sad. It's going to be a crazy thing that happens. It was a crazy thing for me. Uh, I had a friend on uh, Twitter, Haldane. Thank you, Haldane. You, uh, you threw something my direction that the minute I saw what it was, I knew for sure it was the big puzzle piece I'd been missing the next big thing. And it's scary as heck because what it's calling me to do is to step out of my comfort zone, to disrupt my life, to change the speed, to change the pace, to do something totally different than what I've been doing. But the payoff is going to be a, a, a leap in massive ways. I'm so excited to share with you what it is when I can uh, kind of like open up about all the details. When you hear about it, it's just, it's going to blow your mind. But um that's what the home run feeling is. It's, it's something that's hard to identify. I can't tell you how to cultivate the home run feeling. It just comes when it does. It's, it's like the breeze. It's like the wind you're doing your thing. It hits and your responsibility is drop everything you're doing, drop everything you are doing, literally start coughing. If you're at work and it needs you to leave work to do it, cough. Oh, I think I might have the COVID get out of there as quick as you can. <laughs> Please call it the COVID too, because wow. So you just, you just run out of your job. You run wherever it is. You're on a date with your spouse and you need to get out of that date. Tell them the truth at that moment. Be like, baby, I just had the home run feeling. I got to go. I got to go right now. Uh, I'll call you a taxi. Get in the car and drive. Maybe it doesn't require you to drive. Maybe it requires you to be really nice to your spouse and be like, we got to get home. I got some work to do. Whatever it is, wherever you are, you're with your kids on a beautiful picnic. The home run feeling must be respected. And no matter what you think about family or relationships or friendships or anything like that, when you get that feeling, okay, it's coming from somewhere. If you're religious and you feel like God wouldn't give you a home run feeling when you're having a picnic with your kid because it's your daddy date, you're wrong. He'll give it to you. Maybe you're not religious. Maybe you believe that the universe somehow like sends zaps of electricity into your brain. The universe would not zap you with electricity if it didn't intend for you to keep balance in the force hell anyways i'm getting a little too loose i've been cursing a bit more so if i notice my my download numbers drop i'll probably clean it up again <laughs> it's all about the almighty download <laughs> kind of it is though i have an audience and i have i've telegraphed to my audience that i'll keep it clean around here although i do mark my uh, podcast as explicit so um, that's more for my guests it's always been so that my guests can curse if they want to i want people to be free to be who they are you should hear me i'm a bit of a sailor when i'm not uh, on the microphone but um 
that's where I want to kind of pull into the garage, the parking lot, if you will, of this episode, um, because I, I don't have a really big uh, action item, a do, a takeaway, other than if you get this feeling, you got to go after it. Okay, cheers. I'm drinking coffee. A couple of things that I want to mention about this. I have a sticker on here. I don't know if you can see it on YouTube. I hope you can. It's backwards, but it says reach. That is my friend Becky Robinson's book. Uh, and and you should go out and get her book. She was a guest on my podcast, a lovely woman, somebody that I admire just unbelievably a lot. Her book reach was, was a great read for me. Uh, and her anecdote about Lady Gaga was like the biggest takeaway of that book for me. I loved it so much. So grab a copy of it, support, uh, Becky and learn a little bit about being famous to a few. It's a cool, cool show. Uh, also (laughs) coffee, writer's block coffee. It is an affiliate partnership that I have with Ben Sobiek, the creator of writer's block coffee and writer's glove. Okay, you can get those things in the show notes. Both of them are fantastic and amazing. They have their place in your life. If you're a writer, you can associate with them because they're for writers who don't want writer's block. Um, I don't have a pair of the gloves. I don't get cold hands. In fact, actually, my hands are typically like really hot. I have hot hands. I got a hot hand. <laughs> and, and so I don't need them. But uh, I, I love the coffee. I think it's delicious. It tastes nutritious. And I've not had writer's block since I've been drinking it. There's a little secret. I've never actually had writer's block. <laughs> But the coffee is darn good. Go get you some. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.